we in the Baptist tradition don't often talk about Mary very much. It's, uh, uh, that was part of the Reformation was to kind of reject the veneration of Mary. Although it isn't surprising that the early church uh, fairly quickly went to a place of honoring Mary as uh, almost something more than even human, just something, uh, someone who was so touched by God that uh, they became something more than just uh, another person in the world. Um, the, the early church and the, eventually the Catholic church kind of uh, took this tradition of Mary's uh, uh, of how special Mary was, and uh, wove it into the liturgical life of the church, and wove it into the prayer life of the church, so that Mary became uh, someone who was an intermediary between ourselves and God. And it doesn't; it's not surprising because here is the woman who gave birth to our Savior, who had this special experience of the Holy Spirit that that no one can even fathom or understand in our tradition. Uh, she is, is lifted up in this way. And Mary becomes an important figure. And part of me thinks uh, one of the things that makes Mary so special is that she is a woman. And she is a mother. And women and mother need, mothers need someone to relate to as well. You know, it's all well and good to have Jesus uh, walking around talking, and, uh, but just, you know, at some point it becomes just another man, right? <laughs> just another man doing his thing, and we often kind of have God in our minds and kind of a male, uh, a male figure there. And so to have Mary offset that a little bit of having this kind of female perspective on how on on god and having that that female person one can pray to and speak to and uh count on to intervene it's almost as if uh there's something within us that says ah i just i i want a woman that i can speak to that will understand that is a that is a mother that understands like a mother that is a woman who understands like a woman and so we kind of project that onto Mary and allow Mary to be that vehicle for, uh, for our longings and our prayers. Uh, and Mary has always been a vehicle for some special things uh, from the very beginning. Uh, and it has gone on to represent some very significant things. I, and what came to mind as I was thinking about this this morning is uh, the, the story of Our Lady de Guadalupe, who uh, in 1531, I got a, a, an Aztec or Mexican peasant uh, received some uh, visions of Mary and uh, in Guadalupe, which is a little community outside of Mexico City. And Mary appeared to Juan Diego, this peasant, and spoke to him in the Aztec tongue and said, here on this hill, and I forget the name of the hill, but uh, here on this hill, I would like you to build a church in my honor. And uh, he went to the bishop, and the bishop kind of blew him off. 
and uh, eventually uh, Juan Diego asked Mary for a sign. Mary agreed to give him a sign and healed his brother, who, who was very sick at the time. And even that was not very convincing. And so Juan Diego was instructed to gather these roses together in his cloak. And he went to the bishop, and as he, as he dropped the roses from his cloak, this amazing image of Mary appeared on his cloak. And this image is still there in that church in Guadalupe. And it, what is amazing about this image is that uh, Mary is Mexican. And there is incorporated in this icon of Mary uh, all these different elements that come from the Aztec traditions, from the tradition of the people there. And so here is Mary in 1531 bridging the gap between the, the native people of Mexico and the European image of who Jesus was and what Jesus was about. And here was Mary who was bridging that gap and bringing Jesus in a way that, that could be understood by them uh, in, into the Mexican culture and ethos. And to this day, uh, Our Lady de Guadalupe is a very significant uh, uh, occasion and an event in Mexican history. Mary has always been that kind of prophetic voice. And I suppose, you know, uh, if, you know in the, if, uh, if we're going to approach this as kind of a Baptist thing, the thing I always relate to or the thing that makes sense to me is to recognize that Mary was the first disciple of Jesus Christ and the first proclaimer of the good news of Jesus Christ. And she, in a very prophetic voice, brought a nutshell of what the good news of Christ is. And it's, it's uh, codified in the Magnificat here in Luke, this wonderful canticle that right after this news we just read about came to Mary. She goes to Elizabeth and she sings this beautiful song. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has looked with favor on the lowliness of His servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arms. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Mary here prophesies that Jesus would bring this good news and lift up the lowly and bring down the proud. That, and this is a song of justice. This is a song of, of equity. This is a song of God's love spreading not just to the few, but to all. 
and being made available to everyone. In my mind, Mary always represents that call to justice and that call to share God's love from the lowliest to the highest and to represent that to this whole world around us. On this day, we can remember Mary and all that she has meant. In particular, we can remember her discipleship, that she was the first disciple of Christ even before he was born. Let us pray. Our great and loving God, we thank you for the example of Mary and how she is lifted up to us as an example of discipleship. May we hear her prophetic voice and may she be a vehicle of our own prayers for justice and may her voice also be a call to act and to live out the kingdom of God that she declared had come near. In the name of Christ we pray. I'm going to now invite us to respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit through the giving of our tithes and our offerings. The ushers are going to come forward. Now, do we have a doxology? I didn't look. No? Okay, so I'm going to pray for the offering now, too. <laughs> Loving and gracious God, we are grateful to be able to respond to all the love we experience in you through the giving of our tithes and our offerings. We ask that you would bless this gift, uh, that it would further your kingdom here in Salt Lake and around the world. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.